0: in our series this is the last part of the series on Romans a lot of excitement out there about that <laughs> or was everyone just uh, upset that it's ending such an awesome series is ending <laughs> um, so uh, we're going to look at Romans uh, chapter 8 verse 31 and then 37 and 39 so I'm just going to read this out there's a bit of scripture here but should be up on the screens as well. I'm not going to exegete the whole the whole lot it would take us all day, but I uh, just want to pick out some really pertinent points for us here this morning. So Romans 8:31 says this, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things in Romans 8 uh, 37 to 39 at the end of that whole passage no in all in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us for i am convinced that neither death nor life neither angels nor demons neither the present nor the future nor any powers neither height nor depth or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What an incredible climax to this whole uh, chapter of Romans! Just uh, there is so much in there for us. Um, like I said, I'm not going to dissect the whole thing, but you know, when Jesus began his ministry, he, he began to expound a revolutionary approach to life. It was different to anything that they'd known in regards to religious leaders. He began to talk about an extraordinary life empowered by God and the Holy Spirit. Not talking about religion, not talking about just existing, but being empowered by kingdom attitudes and kingdom power, where a life is actually transformed. He spoke about a new way of life, an exciting way of life, an approach empowered by the Holy Spirit, built on kingdom thinking, kingdom attitudes, and kingdom power. And what Jesus preached when He was here on the on the planet is pertinent and important for us today, because He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That same life, that same uh, those same kingdom attitudes, those same kingdom um, that kingdom power, that same kingdom thinking is that what ushers us into everything that God has for us in our life, in our church, and in our community. Experiencing the fullness of what Christ has comes as we align our thinking and our attitudes to the kingdom principles, thinking, and attitudes that that are outlined for us in the Bible. It's not God's job to... Thank you, mate. So, oh, I haven't had a vodka for ages. <laughs> um, thanks, Jase. Um, well, what was I saying? <laughs> <laughs> vodka. <laughs> um, experiencing the fullness, <laughs> the fullness of Christ a vital experience. That's right. And it's not God's job to change and shift to fit to where we are right now. As believers, we are implored by the Scriptures to begin to align our thinking and our approach and our attitudes to what God has put down in His Word. And when we do that, there's synergy. When we do that, power is released. When we do that, miracles occur. When we align our life and our thinking, our heart and our approach to what God says, something divine happens. Um, Paul wrote in his letter in Romans 12 too, You may have read this in the past. I like the amplified version of this. It says, "'Do not be conformed to this world, this age.'" Fashioned after and adapted to its external, superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and its new attitude. We have to align our attitude, our ideals, and our thinking to what God says, to what God um, reveals to us in His Scriptures. You know, in the second century, there was a Roman writer by the name of Aristides. And he wrote a letter to the Emperor Hadrian at the time about Christianity because it was influencing, obviously, the the Roman world of its day. And he commented on their integrity and their morality. But but one particular line in the letter that he wrote to Hadrian that stands out really uh, struck me. He says this, truly, this is a new people and there is something divine in them. I love that insight. This is a new people. This is, you're saying this is not like another religion. This is not like just another group of people. This is something new and there's something divine in them. Is there something divine in you? Something divine in the way you approach life, the way you see challenges and circumstances, the way you see life and opportunity, the way things come. Is there something divine or is it just something natural? Because when Christ comes into our life, we have the ability to choose two approaches to life. The way everybody else goes or way God empowers us to go in faith and hope and love and expectation that all things work together for good that things are going to work out there's something divine in the Christian there's something divine in you and you've got to let it out and you've got to allow that divinity inside of you to begin to shape and mold don't resist Oftentimes, you know, we read scriptures and we go, oh, no, I, can't, I don't accept that. I don't. We start to rationalize. We start to, de, uh, to um, de-change and, <laughs> and uh, look at things, deconstruct it and, and, uh, and fit it into our modern context. But the scriptures are not of this world. They're not just ancient manuscripts. They're words from God That are relevant to every age and every person and every situation and every circumstance. And when we let those scriptures, when we let God's word and His thinking, His attitude permeate our life, things begin to change. Things begin to work out. So I want to look at 75 attitudes of the Christian here this morning. All right, let's get going. (laughs) <laughs> um, no, I haven't got 75. But I want, to give you, I want to give you a few kingdom attitudes that we need to adopt into our life if we want to see the fullness of Christ taking place. The kingdom people are can-do people. This is, this is uh, right throughout the whole Scriptures. God is a can-do God. <laughs> it's a bit cheesy, but I like this saying, success comes in a can, not in a cannot. <laughs> the kingdom of God, if, you re- if you've read the scriptures, if you've read the life of Jesus, the kingdom of God is a positive kingdom. It's a positive approach to life. And if we're constantly looking at the negatives and why this can't work and why this can't change and why we can't do this and why we can't do that, we are running counter to the whole kingdom of God. We are running counter to the Word of God. We are running counter to everything that God's kingdom stands for. And it's not that God and the Word's job to then align to our negativity and our cynicism and our pessimism, but for us to go, you know what? I'm going to change. I'm going to let God's Word permeate my heart, as it says in Romans chapter 12. I'm going to let it change my thinking so that I can shift to a place where the things that God has for me are and can come into my life, can change my world and my circumstances and my future in Jesus' name. He's the God who declares with God all things are possible. That sounds pretty positive to me. I don't know about you. Maybe it's just my interpretation. But with God, all things are possible. That's pretty positive. Matthew 19, 26. Mark 9, 23. Everything is possible to him who believes. Sounds pretty positive. 1 John 5, 4. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. 2 Corinthians 1, 20. No matter how many promises God has made, they are yes. Yes in Christ and so through him the amen is spoken by us see there's the there's the synergy there's the the connection right there the promises of god are yes and so through him we say amen you know what amen in the original language it actually means so be it it's a saying you know what i'm going to agree with it i'm going to accept that as true i may not be experiencing it in my circumstances right now it may not be a reality for me right now but I am going to believe it. I'm going to go, so be it in my life. That's what amen is. It's, a, it's an agreeing statement. So notice, we, <laughs> amen. <laughs> notice. So notice we have to be in agreement with the promises for these things to work. They don't just work by osmosis. Faith releases the promises of God. Faith is a, is a saying, The Bible says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In other words, you may not be experiencing it right now, but through the promises of God and by making a decision to believe God's word, we begin to exercise faith for things that we aren't seeing right now. And that releases God's power to bring change to our circumstances. But if we're there going, oh, it's never going to happen. It's never going to change. Nothing's ever going to work out. Then guess what? You're actually fulfilling your own prophecy. Faith is positive. It's not negative. Hope is positive. It's not negative. Love is positive. It's not negative. And they're the three foundational attributes of the kingdom of God. Faith, hope, and love. Faith, hope, love, and pessimism. <laughs> I don't read it in there. <laughs> James 1, to 5-6 in the Message Translation says this. If you don't know what you are doing, pray to the Father if you don't know what's going on or what's happening in your world or what you should be doing or what decisions you should be making, then pray. He loves to help. You'll get his help and won't be condescended to when you ask for it. Ask boldly, believing without a second thought. People who worry their prayers are like wind-whipped waves. Don't think you're going to get anything from the master that way. Adrift at sea, keeping all your options open. That's how we approach life sometimes, don't we? Well, I'll, I'll give God a shot, but if that doesn't work out, I'll, I've got all these other options lined up. And he's saying, if that's the way you approach it, guess what? You're not going to get anything from God. Because that's not faith. That's like, God, what do you want me to do? we hear from God, we obviously get godly advice and, and, and we get direction and then we say, I'm going to see that come to pass. That doesn't mean you don't plan, you don't strategize, you don't work things out, you don't think about it. It's just saying, if you're approaching God just like another option, then it's not going to work out for you. Um, and if we're always looking at the negatives... We won't see the positives. We won't see the opportunities when they're there. I was reading recently about a guy by the name of Richard Wiseman. He wrote a book called The Luck Factor. And he did experiments. He's a social social psychologist. and He he did experiments, and he placed an ad in the paper, and he asked people, either people who who felt that they were extremely unlucky or extremely lucky, to reply to this advert. He wanted to do an experiment with people who thought, oh, I'm I'm, I'm so unlucky, Nothing ever seems to work out for me. I always miss out. He, he wanted those people or people who just said, man, I just, things just, I'm just lucky. I'm a, I seem to be a lucky person. And he got them to apply to him and he, and he did an experiment with them. This is what he did. Each person that applied, he sent them a newspaper and he said, I want you to, I want you to let me know. Uh, the experiment is I want you to count how many pictures are in the paper and send me through the answer. Count them all up and send it through. In the, middle of the, in the middle of the paper, he'd put a half-page ad that said, if you see this ad and let the experimenter know, we will give you $250. The experiment ends here. This is the experiment. So there's a half-page ad. So count, count, they're told to count up all the pictures, but right in the middle, there's a half-page ad that says, if you see this ad... Ring us back or let us know, the, let the experiment know, we'll give you $250. The amazing result of this experiment was overwhelmingly, and he writes this in The Luck Factor, the people who saw themselves as overwhelmingly unlucky didn't see the ad. And the people who saw themselves as overly lucky or, or just have a lucky thing on them where they weren't it wasn't a christian experiment but a a high percentage of them actually saw the ad and got the 250 dollars and what this what this guy um surmised from this experiment was people who are negative people who feel that things don't work out that that life's hard that uh that they're unlucky and things never work out for them actually don't see opportunities when they're right in front of them because of the paradigm which they live out of. The paradigm that you view life affects everything that you do. That's why the Bible is constantly saying life works out for you. That Jesus Christ, and it's not just a social thing, but there's an element of changing the way we see life in the Scriptures that empower us to see that life and opportunities are there wherever we look. And if we constantly go around going, oh, it's not going to work out. This doesn't work out. I'm so, you know, I, I, always, I just miss out on opportunities when they come. Guess what? There may be opportunities right in front of you and you're not even seeing them. You need to change. You've got to change the way you're approaching your life. You've got to believe that when God says that all things are working together for good, For those who love, don't put in there, except for me. (laughs) God works all things together for good for everyone except me. No. Accept these things as true. Accept the Word of God as God's truth for you. It will change the way you think. It'll change the way you perceive life. It'll change the way you see your future. Does that mean everything's always rosy and fantastic? Not at all. And last week, if you were here, if you, weren't, if you weren't here, I encourage you to get the message. But I, I talked about that other experiment uh, of another social um, psychologist about uh, learned, um, the learned behaviors of failure. And um, again, a similar type of approach where when people are trapped, when they feel like they can't get out, they don't see opportunities, even when they're there. Let the Word of God change the way you see life. Change the way you see Your life, your circumstances, and your future. The Bible says all things are working together for good. It says greater is he who is in you than he who is in this world. That you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Over and over and over again, there's these scriptures. And oftentimes we just dismiss them because they don't align with our current reality. But that's not the purpose of the Bible. We don't accept truth dependent upon whether it aligns itself with our current reality. We say, this is true, and I'm going to align my current reality with what it says, and I'm going to begin to believe it, and I'm going to begin to act upon it, and I'm going to begin to live my life like it's true. And then our circumstances, our life, and our future begins to align with the promises of God. That's the way it works. That's how faith works. That's how the kingdom works. Okay, that's number one of 75, kingdom can do people. Number two, king, kingdom people are thankful people. You know, the Bible says that in the last days, those days are going to be marked with thanklessness and ingratitude. Don't be that kind of person. That's 2 Timothy 3, two. it says that. Don't be that kind of person. A society that's filled with thanklessness and ingratitude. Be a thankful person. When people do stuff for you in a restaurant or they're serving you in some way, show thanks, show gratitude. Don't just expect things in life. Be a gracious, thankful person. Be saying thanks and showing appreciation. William Shakespeare said in his, in his play, As You Like It, Blow, blow, thou winter wind. Thou art not so unkind as man's ingratitude. Man's ingratitude, its it's ugly, isn't it? so ugly when you do something for someone and they just, they, they don't even acknowledge it. Like when you let someone in in traffic. Yeah. Have you ever noticed that? Oh, that gets me so angry. <laughs> you like, you let them in and then they just come in and they don't say thanks or they don't show any indication. Or this one is a painful, Well, oh, it's not painful, but it's annoying as well. So you let someone, you let this person in and then they're going down the road a bit and someone else is trying to get in and they speed right up and block it right off so that that person can't go in. And I'm like, man, I just showed you grace. I just showed you gratitude and I let you in and you're not, oh, anyway. <laughs> There's a lot of people out there with the curses of God on them. No, I'm going. <laughs> but isn't that, isn't, am I the only one? Put your hand up if you felt the same. What are all you other people doing? You obviously obviously don't drive. (laughs) Oh, But in gratitude, don't be like that. Be a gracious person. Be a thankful person. Um, Number three, kingdom people are joyful people. These are attitudes of the kingdom that we need to allow to permeate our heart. 69 times in the New Testament, we find the word rejoice. Rejoice. Be a joyful person person life's not perfect but there's you can see the silver lining in everything there's a story of a guy who he wanted to cheer his friend up who was quite pessimistic always negative and cynical about life and he said to his friend oh I've got this I've got a dog and this dog has incredible ability he's like yeah I'll believe that when I see it he goes come down here it takes him down to the lake gets a stick and he throws the stick out on the lake and the dog runs on the water, runs on the water all the way out, picks up the stick, runs back on the water and drops the stick at, the, at, at his friend's, at his master's feet. And he says to his mate, what do you reckon? And he goes, stupid dog can't even swim. The negative, the cynical, always looking at why things aren't working, why aren't things aren't good. Change all that. Change it. Let the Spirit of God change the way you see and view your life. You'll feel better, and everyone else will be much, feel much better about it as well. Mother Teresa said this when she was asked, what are the requirements for working with her in the, in the poverty of Calcutta? And she said this, the desire to work hard and a joyful attitude. The desire to work out. Oh, surely you've got to be able to pray for hours and hours a day. Surely you've got to have the gift of mercy. Surely you've got to have, you know, uh, uh, an, an ability to persevere. Yes, you've got to work hard. But you've got to be able to carry a joyful attitude on the inside. You've got to bring joy to others. That's what God does. He fills us with joy. Not dependent upon our circumstances, but a joy that comes that is divine. It's divine. Let it out. Everyone say, let it out. Yeah. Turn to the person next to you and say, let it out. <laughs> over and over again, the word rejoice. And you can look them up. I've got a stack of them here, but we're moving on. We've still got 73 to go. Um, kingdom people have a high appreciation of life. Don't, you know, some people, they just complain about everything. And some of these are similar, but their job's no good. They don't have enough money. The weather's too hot. The days are too long. The holidays are too short. They don't have any friends. Nothing's ever good enough. Jesus says, I've come that you might have life and life in abundance. Life. You've got an abundant life if you've got Jesus. You've got it. You may not recognize it, but you've got it. So make the most of it. Someone once said, things turn out best for people who make the best of the way things turn out. I tried to find in the Bible, but it's not there. <laughs> but... I think, it's, I think it's great wisdom anyway. Things turn out, it's biblical-esque. <laughs> things turn out best for people who make the best of the way things turn out. This is a kingdom attitude. It's a kingdom attitude. Number five, kingdom people place a high value on people. The kingdom is about people. It's about building up people. It's about helping people be the best people that they can be. It's not about pulling down people. It's about treating people with respect, no matter who they are, no matter where they're from. I like what Josh had to say in that. That was such a great uh, tithe message. Josh, fantastic. But we don't approach people based on their ethnicity or their background or their um, demographics or anything like that. We see them through the gospel, which are brothers and sisters created in the image of God. To be treated equal and with respect, no matter who they are, no matter where we find them. That's what we do. We recognize uh, that the kingdom of God is about God and it's about people at the end of the day. Uh, we recognize all we need to continually work on our attitude to keep a kingdom focused. This is not something that necessarily... It might, Some people might say, oh, I'm just more positive or whatever. It's not just about being positive. It's about having a kingdom attitude and a kingdom mindset. And that's something we need to constantly realign ourselves. It's very easy to be pulled off into other feelings and emotions and attitudes to life because, you know, life has its ups and downs. But to pull ourselves back and go, you know what? No, no, things are working out for me. God is on my side. Everything is working together for good. I believe God. I believe the promises of God. God. That's half of my prayer life. I believe God. I believe the promises of God. I believe God is good. I believe he's working all things together for good. Everything's going to be okay. God's going to work everything out. And we remove words like, I can't, if only, if only that had happened, if only this had happened. Forget about that. I don't think so. No way. I doubt it. I don't believe that. And we look for opportunities to show gratitude, to show grace, to show favor. And we believe God and we trust in him. Guess what? Things begin to work out. Circumstances begin to change. Opportunities begin to come. We begin to see opportunities. We begin to see God at work. We begin to see things changing on our behalf. Why? God's been doing this stuff all along and we've just never recognized it. God is on your side; He is for you. When we bring Christ into our life, the Bible says that every curse is broken in Jesus Christ. If you know the old uh, the old temple um, uh, in the Old Testament, the tabernacle and all the different things the priests used to do, every one of those things is representative of what Christ did for us. And you may not know the story, but... But the first thing that they used to, the priests used to do, they used to come to a brazen altar and that's where all the animals were sacrificed and blood was shed and it was all about the forgiveness of sins. They used to have to do that every day. But that was representative of what Jesus Christ did once for all the Bible says, that he shed his blood, that there would be forgiveness of sin, that, just, that we would be justified before God. In other words, in the New Testament, it says you, you, can, come, you can come boldly before God we can come boldly before God that our sins and our wrongdoing and our regrets are not held against us. God's not standing there with a clipboard every time we come to pray and go, <laughs> How do you think you're going to get that? How about you fix some of this stuff first? No, Jesus Christ paid the price, shed his blood so that we, the Bible says we are justified before God. In other words, we are perfect when we come before God. He, he doesn't see our sin. and all, our, all he sees is Jesus Christ and his blood shed. And it says, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And Psalm 112, and this is a scripture that I've been praying and meditating on a lot lately. It says this, that the desires of the righteous shall be granted. The, the desires of the righteous shall be granted. I'm righteous in front of God. I'm the righteousness of God. If anybody's going to get their desires granted, it's going to be me. Because I'm righteous before God. God's going to answer my prayers. God's going to meet my need. God's going to work on my behalf. God is going to go before me and He's going to stand behind me and He's going to watch my sides because I'm the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. That's what He's done. We don't need to fear calamity. We don't need to fear the future. We don't need to fear at all. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. He's given us a spirit of faith, hope, and a sound mind. Do you believe that? I want you to begin to adopt these attitudes and and let God change your thinking. Let the Spirit of God and the Word of God permeate your paradigm so that you begin to see all that God is doing all that he's done, and all that he's going to do on your behalf in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. Thank you, Jesus.